Kia from your Every Nation Southside family here in Papatoitoi, Auckland. You are now listening to a podcast from our church service and we pray that you will be blessed by it. For more information, please visit our Facebook page or feel free to contact our church office. The series that uh, I'll be talking about this morning is called Beyond and um, we're focusing on the next generation this will be for the, uh, this week and next week. Ola will be preaching the next one. And so the next generation, our future leaders, I mean, these future leaders, our next generation will be here preaching. They'll be leading this church. They'll be planning more churches. And you know what? They'll be doing even greater than what we've done. That's why it's so important to reach the next generation. That's why it's so important to prioritize the next generation. You know, um, <clears throat> uh, my title of the message is called Blessing the Next Generation. And um, we want to understand what does it mean by blessing the next generation. Can you just flick the slide? So blessing the next generation. What does it mean to bless the, ne- the next generation? Why is it important to bless the next generation? And how can we do this? Uh, before I start, I want to pray. Uh, so we just bow our heads. Father, I thank you that you are a generational God. And you don't look at uh, the here and now, but uh, you're outside of time. But, and you see the hearts of every man and woman, the next generation. You really want them to rise up. And you really want them to do great things. And I pray, Lord, that our church would get a revelation of why we need to bless the next generation. In Jesus' name I pray. And we all say, amen, amen, awesome. So when I started, when I was called into ministry full-time, I was at the age of 24. Uh, To be honest, I actually didn't want to go into ministry full-time because there was a whole lot of challenges that I was going to face before I went into ministry full-time. First of all, my parents didn't agree with it, you know, Asian parents. Usually Asian parents would be like, oh, you need to go get an architecture job, you know. Got to earn some money. Why you want to be a pastor? Pastors don't get much money at all. And I was like, Mom, just, I'm just obeying the Lord, and I'm going to ministry. How are you going to look after your family? How are you going to get married one day? How are you going to? But you know what? God is so good. I am married today. I have a firstborn child. You know, God provides. He, you know, when you do the will of God, isn't it amazing when you do the will of God? God provides, right? Amen. Uh, my friends didn't agree with it as well. I mean, my friends thought that it was weird. Like, why would you study animation and you're going to, you know, you could make a whole lot of money being an animator. You could work for Disney one day and you just waste that talent and, and you're just going to go and be a minister full time. <laughs> uh, the other thing that challenged me before going to ministry was the fact that I had to lay down my dreams. I had to lay down I had to make sacrifices and, you know, and, and, and I, it was hard, you know, to do that, to trust the Lord. But at the end of the day, I had to trust God, you know, because God told me to do it. Sometimes God does not give you an answer when he tells you to do something. Sometimes it's a conviction that he says that you have to do it. And one of the reasons I knew without a doubt that I wanted to go into ministry full time is because I wanted to see the next generation get saved and born again. I wanted to see the next generation, when they see me, when, when, I'm on, when I'm on that campus, when I'm preaching the gospel, hey, I can do the same thing that what Leo and Fee and the staff are doing. 
and I can do it even greater and better. You know, I want to see the next generation rise up. I'm not preaching that you have to go into full-time ministry. I'm saying that when God has called you to be a blessing to the next generation and it requires you to make sacrifices and it requires you to do something out of your comfort zone and it, and it requires you to, to, you know, even though circumstances may not look pleasing and, and look the way that it is, but you have to just trust God and do what he has called you to do. I, the text uh, that I'll be focusing on is Hebrews, uh, the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11, 20 and 21. If you have your Bibles, you can flick open your tablets or your phone or the old school book. <laughs> so it says in Hebrews 11, by faith Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. By faith Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. Wow, isn't that powerful that God used Abraham, Isaac, Jacob to bless, sorry, to bless, to bless, to bless the next generation. You know, in Hebrews, uh, God did that, not just to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but also to their descendants. Each generation blessed and had faith for the generations beyond them. Like them, we can build a platform for the next generation beyond our lifetimes so that they can do exactly the same thing as well so they can continue to build you know it's it's, it's amazing how when you look at it it's three generations being effective affected you know church I want us to see it that way that let's see it in that way that we're blessing the next generation three four five six generations you know we we, we have to set that example and this message is not just for the older generation. I'm talking about you. If you have, we you know we all have a next generation person that's under us that we have to bless and honor and, and, and help them and serve them. So I'm going to focus on, on the story mainly on Isaac, Jacob, and Esau. Um, by faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. If you, if you remember the story, Isaac and Rebecca bore twins. I'm a twin. I have a twin brother um, as well. Uh, Esau, the firstborn, was hairy and loved the great outdoors, as you can see in that picture there. Um, uh, he, you know, he was a hunter, Esau. And um, Jacob, he was, you know, he had smooth skin and he stayed at home all the time. So Esau, favored, so Esau was favored by his father and Jacob was favored by his mother. In the story, Jacob tempted Esau and takes his birthright. You know, there's something about the birthright, it's your inheritance, you know, that, that the father, Isaac, was, was, was blessing him. And so it came, there was a time that uh, Isaac uh, was partially blind and was about to die at old age. And so he wanted to invoke his blessing on Esau. So his father told him to go out and hunt and make delicious food. Maybe it was delicious KFC or something. For him, before he would, you know, bless him, he would have to go out and hunt for it, and then he was going to feed his father, and then his father would bless him. Uh, Rebecca overheard the situation, and so he, Rebecca spoke to Jacob and, and, and told Jacob to go and deceive his father. And so Jacob deceived Isaac, pretending he was his brother Esau, dressing up in hairy garments. And he wore Esau's clothing 
uh, pretended that he was, you know, hairy and smelly like Esau. Then Esau, Esau found out that Jacob stole his blessing from his father. I mean, this was a tragic situation here. I mean, Esau cried very bitterly. I mean, in Genesis 27, 34, it says, when Esau heard his father's words, he burst out with a loud and bitter cry. And he said to his father, bless me, me too, my father. I mean, why? Why was this blessing so important to Esau? Why did Esau cry so bitterly to the point that he wanted to murder Jacob? I mean, that's serious here. You know, in the book of Appearance a Blessing, written by Craig Hill, it talks about the power of a father's blessing to his children. You know, in this book, it, uh, Craig Hill defines blessing, and he defines it this way. Blessing means uh, God using a human to impart his message of identity and destiny to the heart of another person. In contrast, cursing is Satan using a human to impart his message and image of identity and destiny to the heart of another person. Another way of defining blessing is to empower and to prosper. You see, there's something powerful when a parent or a spiritual mentor, you know, imparts, invokes, and speaks, you know, a word of blessing that, that, that helps and unlocks the key of their destiny, their identity in God. There is something special about that that made Esau cry out for it. Father, bless me. Father, bless me. You know, and in the story, uh, Craig explains, um, sorry, I mean, in his book, he explains about a testimony as a, a person he was discipling and um, his name's Joe and in the story, this man named Joe, he's 40 years old, he had anger issues, and um, he would have outburst uh, anger issues, and he knew that, you know, he'd, he'd struggled with that. At times, uh, when he was driving, he would have road rage, he would almost get into big fights. Um, there was moments in his life that he had to uh, walk out of the house, because he was, you know, he was, if he got even more angry, he would beat up his son when, when he was trying to, you know, when he was talking to his son, trying to deal with his son. Um, Joe was a, a Christian man, um, but he knew he struggled with anger issues, and it was affecting his relationship with his children, and it was affecting his relationship, especially with his wife. And so Craig um, sat down with Joe and said, look, we have to deal with this uh, situation, you know, we have to deal with the root issue of this. And so as he sat down to, to counsel him to, you know, um, he said to, Craig said to Joe, let's, let's pray. Let's sit down and let's talk and, and, and let's pray and let's ask the Holy Spirit to show you, you know, maybe allow the Holy Spirit to show you what happened in your past. And so as they sat down, uh, they prayed the Holy Spirit gave Joe a glimpse of something that happened to him in the past. Uh, Craig said to Joe, um, Joe, um, uh, can you tell me, you know, has the Holy Spirit shown you something? And Joe says, yes, the Holy Spirit did show me something. But you know what? It's okay. I don't want to share. I don't, I don't need to share this with you because, I mean, that was the past. 
I mean, I've, I've already overcome it, and um, God forgave, forgave me of that already. But, you know, sometimes when you're so hurt and you're so wounded in the past, you know, you, 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 you cover it up. And then you make it, you know, and you, and you make excuses and you say, you know, God's already forgiven me. God, God's already, you know, sometimes something traumatic happens to you. You know, we tend to cover it up and we don't want to share it because it's just so deep. You know, the wound that, that the past thing that maybe have hurt you. And so that's what happened with Joe. And I mean, eventually Craig said to him, look, um, you know, you have to just, you have to trust God in this. You have to, you know, share this because who knows, maybe this glimpse of what you saw in the past Maybe the key that God's actually trying to help you. So Joe shares uh, what happened. Joe says that in his past, when he was eight years old, his dad punished him in front of family members. And he punished him in front of not just family members, but even his close friends in front of him because of something he did wrong. And so it was such a traumatic experience that he, you know, um, it caused him to have hatred towards his father. You know, there's something about when you bless the next generation, you know, I was sharing earlier that Satan also has a message that he's gonna use human beings to impart his message of identity and destiny over the next generation. You know, maybe Joe, I mean, the author mentions that, you know, Joe's dad, he had no idea, you know, he wasn't intentionally trying to hurt his son, you know, he thought that in his eyes that I was helping because he needed to punish him so he could learn a lesson. But you know, the message of, of how Satan, uh, you know, brings curses through identity and, you know, and your destiny, it, it may sound like this. <clears throat> it may sound like this. You are not good enough. You know, you're worthless. You're a mistake. You know, your parents don't love you and they don't want you, you're never good enough. And even if you try, you're going to fail. You're ugly, you're not capable of doing anything great, you don't have a future, you're not going to, you're gonna repeat history like your family, you're gonna be in debt, and you won't be able to fulfill your dreams. You see, that's the message that Satan's, Satan is trying to speak over our young people. But you know what, God, wants to speak a message of hope. God wants to speak a message of identity and purpose. And it sounds like this. I saved you when I died on the cross and rose again. I saved you. You are worth everything. I bought you with a price. You are special and you are unique and you're perfect in my eyes. I chose you and I have a wonderful plan for your life. You are an overcomer. You are great because I made you great. I have made you in my image. You're successful. You have a purpose and you are not a mistake. I knew you before you were born and you are precious and beautiful. And I have a great calling and destiny for your life. That is a message of blessing that God is wanting to impart in every next generation. And God is using us, you, the church, followers of Jesus, to impart a blessing over the next generation. Maybe, maybe you never experienced that in your when you were growing up. Maybe all you experienced was curses from your parents or your loved ones. 
You know, Isaac didn't live a perfect life. I mean, his, his family was messed up. I mean, mom favored Jacob. He favored his son. I mean, Jacob deceived him. Esau wanted to kill Jacob. I mean, it was messed up. But you know what I love about Isaac? Is that he never let his circumstances, he never let his past dictate what his, he had his faith, that he had his faith in God. He had so much faith in God that even on his deathbed, he was still able to invoke blessing over Jacob and Esau. Because when you read in Hebrews, it says that he invoked blessing on Jacob and Esau. He didn't just favor the one, he favored both of them. He, he invoked blessing. And, and, and when you continue to read in the story, there was reconciliation. Jacob came back to Canaan and there was reconciliation. You know, he thought that Esau was going to go and kill him with 400 men, but he didn't. There was reconciliation. And you know what? That's the, most, that's the amazing thing about our God. He can redeem every situation. Maybe you haven't experienced that. Maybe you've experienced many curses. But I tell you now, we serve a God that does not want to give you that. He wants to give you a blessing. He wants to give you a blessing. And you have that blessing if you are a Christian, if you are a follower of Jesus today, if you've given your life to Jesus, you have the blessing of Abraham, Jacob, and, 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 you know, and Esau. You have the blessing. Amen? Amen. And you see, that's why Esau cried out, Father, Father, give, bless me, bless me. You know, the word blessing in the Old Testament, um, the word to bless is actually the word barak. And it actually means to kneel before someone. When we think of the word blessing, we think of having a posture of, uh, you know, superiority. Or have, we have the upper hand or we're, we, you know, we're prosperous. We have all the money in the world. I mean, yes, to be blessed, you know, we can be rich and be prosperous. But it's more than that. It, it actually means to kneel before someone and it's a posture and attitude of humility. Just like Jesus, Jesus came with a posture of humility. You know, Jesus, through you know, the lineage of Jesus, it was Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then, you know, Jesus. You know, he came and suffered and died on the cross for us. He came to serve us. You know, he didn't come to be served, but he came to serve and give his life as a ransom to many. Who all knows here that helping the next generation, reaching the next generation takes a whole lot of humility and servanthood, right? I mean, man, I mean, having um, our first child, it is, it, is, it is tiring at times, you know. I'm so grateful now my son's walking. He's, he's one years old and he's walking and he's, oh man, I heard that um, when they crawl, you know, it's, it can give you a headache, but when they start walking, it can probably give you more headache. <laughs> just kidding. Oh, I love my son. He's just amazing. And, you know, and God is really just helping us, um, me and Joey, to, you know, raise him. Um, you know, one day I'm going to see my son. I'm going to see him fly to the moon one day. And, you know, he's going to, I believe he's going to work for NASA. I believe he's going to fly to the moon. He's going to do amazing things. He's going to preach the gospel and he's going to influence. Um, that's what I've been prophesying over him. Yeah, this is just the favoritism of, you know, a father to the son. <laughs> um, so the word to bless is a posture of attitude and humility. 
you know, and, and the same way that Jesus amplified, you know, he showed that example of, of what it means to, to bless, um, especially blessing the next generation. You know, um, it's so key, it's so key that uh, parents and spiritual mentors bless the next generation. You have the power to do that. God has anointed you and give you, you know, the power to do that. See, what I love about this is, um, you see, Jesus himself also needed a blessing from his father. Uh, in Jewish culture, when the parents, especially the father, when he blesses his children, when he blesses his son or, or his daughter, he would say, you are my, you know, when, when it comes to that stage when they're about to go into adulthood, the father would lay hands on his children and he would say, my son and my daughter, whom I love, with you I am well pleased. The same way when you read in Mark 1.11, God the Father was speaking to Jesus. I mean, the Bible doesn't say clearly about um, what happened with, with Joseph. You know, uh, Joseph was obviously the, 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 um, the human father for, uh, for Jesus, but um, maybe Joseph never, uh, you know, blessed Jesus and I can't imagine what Jesus must have felt. Maybe he felt quite insecure that, that you know, um, I didn't get a blessing from my father. But God the Father said, you know, God spoke and he says, you are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. You see, Jesus didn't even preach a message or perform any healing or miracles until first he was blessed by his father. If Jesus needed a blessing from his father, then the next generation needs the same blessing as well. Amen? Yeah? <clears throat> you know, there's something, like I said, when, when we bless the next generation, when we impart a blessing of God's identity and destiny over the next generation, it unlocks something. It unlocks a special identity and destiny over their lives. As I close, I wanna share three main things, how we can bless the next generation as I close. Someone just come up with the uh, keyboard. So how can we bless the next generation? Number one, we need to prioritize the campus ministry. Church, when I say we need to prioritize the campus ministry, I'm talking about reaching high school, uh, uh, you know, the creche ministry, you know, kids ministry, and the university ministry. We have to prioritize the campus ministry in any way that you can. Church, this is our ministry. If we do not reach the next generation, they will not know discipleship. They will not know Jesus. They will not know the gospel. You know, um, I, re I remember um, when I'm on campus, I have a lot of conversations with, with Kiwis, with European Kiwis. And you know what I find interesting? They, they've never read the Bible or they don't even have a Christian upbringing. This nation is founded on missionaries that came and preached the gospel. I believe the reason why the gospel was not passed down was because we, we failed in that area of imparting a blessing to the next generation. 
Church, we have a responsibility to bless the next generation. You cannot afford to neglect that. Why? It's not just an every nation thing. It's not just like change the campus, change the world mantra thing. No, 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 no. It is not that at all. It's a God thing. God is a generational God and He sees the next generation, the next generation, the next generation, and we have to look with eyes of the kingdom like Jesus as well. We have to prioritize the, king, the, the campus ministry. Number two, we have to disciple the next generation. We don't just do kids' church on a Sunday and youth on a Sunday just for the sake of it, for babysitting. It's not a babysitting ministry. We are discipling the next generation. And the Bible clearly says that, you know, the young people, one young person is, represents a nation. You know, when you reach young people, you, you know, I believe, um, you see in history, the reason why Hitler reached out to young people is because he knew that they were gonna impart, obviously Satan's message, his cursing message, he knew that if he could influence the young people, he was going to change the world and bring his message of, of just death and, 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 and killing and calamity and you know, six million Jews getting killed. How much more when we influence a young person's life, we're going to influence nations, right? It's our job to disciple the next generation. That's how we're going to bless the next generation. Number three, last one. We have to communicate the gospel to them. We have to communicate the gospel to them. You know, I love how we had, uh, recently we had our ministry that Tyler led, uh, the Arise Youth Creative Ministry. And so, you know, I love how that um, Blair and myself, we were able to teach the next generation. We're using our craft with sculpting and cartooning. And we were able to share the gospel with them. And it was amazing. They got it. You know, we can teach the next generation. We can communicate the gospel to them. In, in however way that God has wired you, and it's so important to communicate the next generation, you know, ne communicate the gospel to the next generation. I mean, as I close, I wanted to, you know, I'd, I'd mentioned that going into full-time ministry, it, 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 man, a lot of sacrifices I had to make, um, especially my dreams. You know, I dreamed that I wanted to be a great artist, I wanted to be a great cartoonist, but I tell you, you know, I've been in ministry for uh, 12 years now. No, sorry, nine years, correction, nine years. But I tell you, God fulfills every dream in your heart when you do His will. You know, I have been able to work with um, uh, different clients all over the world and uh, to represent myself as an artist. And, um, you know, I've worked with Michelin star chefs and I've worked with, um, uh, I mean, I had a comment from, from Mark Wahlberg once when I drew a caricature picture of him. You know, I, I thought that all my dreams were lost when I, when I gave up those dreams, but you know, God's fulfilling them and I'm just so grateful for that, amen. Uh, you know, I had a dream that, um, you know, I just, I just wanna go and travel the world and preach the gospel and be a great evangelist. I'm connected now with the um, 50 other evangelists on a, on a, in a network that um, Rice Brooks, our founder of Every Nation, uh, we have monthly Skype calls where, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about strategies, we're, we're praying together, we're, we're encouraging each other how we can, you know, implement evangelism in our church. 
God did this. God, God opened those doors for me, you know. And so, you know, I want to say to you, church, when you do the will of God, when you obey Him, when you bless the next generation, you in turn will be blessed. I love what the Bible says, the blessing of the Lord makes rich and He adds no sorrow to it, Proverbs 10, 22. Can we bow our heads as I pray and close? Um,